That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halvesies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 62. He's Dave Brian. I'm Alex Cazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thank you for being back with us on this Friday show, Steelers Nation. Dave, how you doing as we get ready for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, look, uh, what, uh, 14th game of the season here. So this thing's starting to uh, obviously wind down, and uh, the Steelers need to win out here, obviously, and get a lot of help to go along with that. It's weird to kind of see uh, uh, this time of year the elimination possibilities uh, for the Steelers. And, you know, obviously with this being Friday and uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, uh, the situation with him and the concussion uh, protocol and him being limited the last two days. Going to be interesting to see how that all plays out at the quarterback position. And uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, big, big game. One day, obviously have to win uh, on, on, on Sunday here. And one they will need to win to avoid Mike Tomlin's first losing season. And so I'm sure that will come up in topic quite a bit uh, leading up and during this game and potentially after, depending on the overall outcome. But as you said, Dave, it's weird on a Friday to be in this playoff elimination scenario. It's weird on a Friday to not have really any idea who the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback will be this weekend. As we go through the injury report here, Kenny Pickett on Wednesday and Thursday have been limited with that concussion. So he has been practicing with a new helmet, by the way, as he's had two uh, two trips through the concussion protocol this year, but don't know really who the starter will be. If Pickett will get cleared, if he'll have enough practice reps, and if it's not Pickett, then will it be Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph has spoken to reporters twice this week. Don't believe Trubisky's spoken uh, since the loss to Baltimore. Rudolph saying that they've split first team reps between him and Trubisky and that he was told it was an open competition for that spot, for that number two spot behind Kenny Pickett. And so as of right now, and maybe maybe there's more clarity by the time people listen to this later on Friday, but I really could not give you a good guess who will be under center against Carolina this weekend. You know, just the way uh, Mike Tomlin has treated rookies in the past to miss the first, you know, to, to only be limited in the first couple of practices, you would think you know, that, that doesn't bode well for Kenny. And then you turn around and you see what happened to Brock Purdy <laughs> with, with the 49ers on a short week and to let the report after the game uh, uh, Thursday night was that he only had made a couple of throws uh, in the walkthrough in the ballroom of the hotel. Uh, that was all he had as far as practice went. Uh, for for them, he ended up uh, obviously you know starting and 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 playing for the 49ers on Thursday night there. So uh, you know I 
Kenny's obviously had more experience than Brock Purdy, right? I mean, if, if Kenny Pickett's able to go to practice fully today, I mean, is that is that enough for, for, for Mike Tomlin to hand him the keys? It's a good question. I will say the 49ers had, what, zero other options to turn to. It was him or Josh Johnson or right. what? Who, who knows what they had there. And so Pittsburgh has some more veteran options that they could more reliably turn to. So I, I don't know how, how Tomlin will handle it. Um, I know that sometimes the language can be a bit vague, but to me, basically limited. And, and it seems to be borne out by some of the comments made by well, by Mason Rudolph that limited means you're not working in team. You're just doing your individual quarterback drills and throwing on air and things like that. You're not in the 11 on 11 portion. So if Pickett is full today is one session of that on a Friday enough to get ready to go on the road against Carolina. I don't know. And that's just my whole theme with this whole quarterback situation is I don't know if Pickett will have the reps. We don't know if he'll be cleared and that, that comes first, obviously. And then if it's not Pickett, you know, will it be Trubisky or Rudolph? It, it sounds like a, uh, some sort of coin flip. Uh, here's the thing. Carolina's got to prepare for all three, probably, right? Yeah, they do. Although I think Steve Wilkes quipped that they don't really change much depending on who the quarterback is, which is an accurate statement. Right. Uh, nameless gray, <laughs> <laughs> nameless gray, uh, 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 signal caller. Right. Uh, right. I mean, and, and yeah, look, I mean, uh, well, here, here, here's the thing. And, you know, Mason has been kind of front and center this week. I don't know if that's by design or if it's just like, uh, that's the guy that the media wants to talk to. And Mitch says, have at it, you know, uh, that's less talking that I have to do. Uh, Matt Canada obviously didn't spill the beans, but I don't know. A couple of the answers that he gave kind of makes you feel like maybe Trubisky's going to be the guy, right? Kind of. I mean, maybe, what, what, what did maybe, Canada? What did Canada say specifically that even hints at that? Just from the sheer fact that kind of pressed on Mason and says, "Look, you know, we we uh, you know we we got to get all the guys ready this week because we might not have have uh, have Kenny out there." So I, I think just the emphasis on on. Mason's getting snaps because we might not have our starter. I think that's one way to kind of uh, parse it out. But what you know, once again, it, you're just trying to read in between the lines. There, there's nothing definitive about anything you know that he said. It's just all about reading it between the lines, right? And you know, if Mason was getting the number two reps, that's that's one thing. But it sounds like, and we're not there, and so we're trying to read some of this stuff and, and interpret some of these answers and reports that come out. But it sounds like they were splitting first team reps between Rudolph and Trubisky, and that's atypical. Kenny Pickett wasn't splitting first team reps when he was a starter with Mitch Trubisky, just in case Trubisky had to go in if Pickett got hurt. And so that seems to be a bit abnormal. It would be kind of funny though if if this was another competition that Rudolph was was in in, in name only in the sense of yeah it's a competition but uh, Rudolph you're going to lose i mean it's, this has happened to this guy so much right. throughout the last you know 5 months and in, in the entire summer and now again so i don't know why pittsburgh would frame it as a competition as, as something open if they just fit, it already went in with the assumption that Trubisky was going to be the guy and I think he was kind of pressed specifically about kind of first team reps and uh, something to the line of, you know, look, uh, he hasn't had any of those reps this year. So now we want to make sure we get him some in case we need him. So uh, is that good process, though? If Trubisky's the guy, should you be reducing his first team reps and not having him fully ready if he's going to start this weekend? No. But I think this is also trying to make sure everybody play, you know, everybody gets a toy to play with, you know. 
Uh, I think I think they're more concerned about feelings here. And and look, it goes back to back again to to the point that you know that I tried to make on the podcast yesterday. Yesterday, I think maybe you wrote about, or I'm not on the podcast on a terrible take yesterday. And I think maybe you wrote about it. You know, earl, earlier in the week here. Uh, <laughs> what if 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 Mitch Trubisky's your number two? He's your number two. Uh, and what is this? What do you have? Uh, here, here's, here's my, my thought on what I tried the point I tried to make yesterday. If, unless you really think that Mace Rudolph gives you X amount more of a chance to win the game, uh, that's my Herm Edward, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, win the game, uh, there's got to be a good reason to put him in over Trubisky. And that, that, that reason would be, we really think Mason Rudolph gives us the best chance by, you know, 25% to win the game. If, if not, then Mitch should be your starter. Uh, because what is it, what does it say moving forward? Uh, you know, here we got this guy. We brought him in. We paid him this this amount of money. He started the season was number one. Uh, we move along here, uh, and and now late in the season here in a game that essentially, you know, I mean a- everything's been must win for a couple weeks here, but this is a must win if you want to hang around. Uh, now we're going to go to our number three, who has been inactive all season, has barely had any reps at all. I think he got some reps during the uh, the Saints week because they were using Mitch's the scout, you know, Taysom Hill mm-hmm. kind, kind of quarterback there. But uh, this just stinks that we got it wrong from the start, <laughs> uh, uh, kind of thing. So yeah, it 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 it, it is bad process if. Pickett does not play, and uh, and Trubisky winds up starting. Right. I mean, I just think regardless of who starts this weekend, you know, Pickett, Trubisky, or Rudolph, they're going to have a fraction of first-team reps, whether that's Pickett, who's been limited, whether that's Trubisky or Rudolph, who have been splitting time. And if this is about feelings and making sure everybody gets their, their chance, that's just a bad way to go about it. We're in week 15. Trying but it to win does feel that way, though, right? Or does it? I mean, does it not? I, I don't or, know. Or, or, it, it depends or does how true. Feel like a competition. It's hard to tell from my vantage point how to interpret that. I mean, it, they're saying it's a competition, but is that accurate? I don't know. It depends on what they're thinking in the building between Tomlin and Canada, and and really, it's it's Mike Tomlin's decision to make. So I I don't know. I hope that it's not this competition in name only in the sense of we're going to allow Rudolph to feel like he has a chance in, in, in Rob Trubisky of reps. I mean, it's just, that would be silly, but so I would hope that wouldn't be the case. I tell you if, uh, if it, if it's not, if, if Pickett is not able to play and Mitch starts, if, if Mason, I'm not sure I'd drive to the stadium. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's or, like that. Or, <laughs> or, get on the plane. Or, yeah. Get on the plane. Like that commercial with a, the guy with a dollar bill, you got to be quicker than that. Yeah, Mason. He's pulling yeah. it back. I mean, this is like Charlie Brown and with and Lucy holding the football. Right. And every time, you know, Mason's like, all right, this is my chance. And they pull the football away every single time. So, you know, it, there was nothing wrong. They didn't have to say it was a competition. They could have just, just said as Tomlin often does next man up. Trubisky's next man up. He gets the reps. If, if, if Pickett can't play, it's Trubisky. If Pickett can play and he's got the reps and it'll be him. That's a clean, easy way to do that. Not the, the path this team has taken. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs>
That's probably, yeah, that's what Mason hears from Mike Tomlin says it's an open competition. Yeah, exactly. And he was asked, I thought, uh, good for him, or a couple of days ago, he was asked, uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Tomlin says, uh, uh, 2A, I forget the line of question, Mike Tomlin uh, has said it's been like 2A, 2B, does it feel like uh, it's been 2A, 2B with you? He says, it feels like I've been the inactive <laughs> Well, that's a joke that I made, I think, on on Wednesday. I was like, yeah, if you're if you're if you're not two, if you're two A, that means you're third string. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Good for him. For I mean, I I don't know how much I mean, obviously, we wrote about it and all what what he said. uh, But at this point, why not? Why not? let? Was he? Yo, let's go back, Alex. Was it was it Mason the better quarterback for most of training camp? I had him as the best quarterback overall in camp. I thought he had a hot start. The other guys had a bit slower start. Mason was more consistent. Trubisky was more up and down. It There wasn't a dramatic difference between all three guys. And you would also expect Rudolph to probably be a bit better just overall, especially early because he was the returning guy. So, yes, I thought Rudolph was the best quarterback um, of camp overall, but it was not by a significant margin. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen Mason play at all this year, inactive and all like that. Which quarterback do you truly believe of the three, knowing what you know right now, gives you the best chance to beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday in Carolina? That's a good question. Um, a with, with even if or- it's even if it's just minute, you know separation between all three of them. because quite honestly I mean, let, let, let's face it here uh it's 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 probably negligible overall mm-hmm. sure it is if Pickett has enough reps then then it's him he's taking care of the football that's what it comes down to for me and it's a very simple bit baseline point which quarterback do you trust to take care of the football the most the stats are very clear when they turn the ball over they lose when they don't they win it is literally as black and white as that Trubisky probably is not that guy in that first position, the most likely quarterback to take care of the football. So from there, it's Pickett versus Rudolph. If Pickett has the reps, if you feel comfortable with him, you go with him. If not Rudolph, but as you said, you know, it's it's a three sided coin. I mean, you know, flip it. Right. Which one are you rooting to? I mean, uh, of I mean, we're all. I think we all should be rooting for Pickett to to clear and start, so he gets the experience and all. Uh, but, uh, are you rooting for one, uh, uh, of the, of the backups over the other one to start? I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm there's my inner self is rooting for Mason to start. Sure. I get that. I, I don't have a particular rooting interest. I understand the idea of Rudolph one last chance, the guy that's kind of gotten the short end of the stick and you want to see him have the opportunity and see what he can do with it. And probably his last appearance in Pittsburgh, because the second his contract's up, he is leaving. He is out of here. So you would kind of like to see that, but whoever it is, is, is fine with me. Yeah. It's just, a, I think it's just a fact I'd like to see Mason, you know, get, get one more shot at this thing, knowing good. And like, I also put on my terrible take yesterday. Uh, look, Mason can't wait for that unrestricted free agent gate to open. Uh, he's running out of right, running out of it like Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and not looking back here. Uh, you know, it, it is more curious though, when it becomes to Mitch though, because I mean, what, what does this say? What does this say about, about 
you know, your feelings about me, you know, uh, there's already a decent chance that Mitch might not be part of the 2023 team anyway, because of the, the, the salary that he's scheduled to earn. It really, to me, uh, lessens his chance. If you figure, uh, if, if you, if you're in this situation now and you choose a guy that, 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 you know, is not coming back in Mason, uh, over a guy that's set to earn $8 million in, in, in 2023. Sure, that'd probably be the the nail in the coffin there. So ultimately, if it came down, if Pickett does not play, let's put that aside because we can't predict the health of his status as he moves through protocol. I've wrestled with this all week. I've kind of gone back and forth on the podcast and articles on Twitter. Who starts between Trubisky and Rudolph if Kenny Pickett does not play? I, I, my, and I would not put a large sum of money on this uh, because of, uh, but, but I, I still think it's going to be Mitch. I, I, I really do. And they're going to say, uh, all right, be, be ready, Mason. And within that, I think it gives them liberty to say, if Mitch struggles, uh, hook him real quick and then, then get Mason in there. What a mess though. I just feel like this whole thing's sure. been messy and it's tough when your quarterback's hurt and there's uncertainty at, at the top, but I just feel like everything behind for Pittsburgh that is so steadfast next man up. This is the guy just seems like, a, I don't want to say disaster, but it just seems messy. And it feels like, and and my thought would be that they go into the game saying, uh, rather say, woe than sick him, but boy, don't throw an interception. <laughs> right. I feel like it's just coming in with one foot out the door. If he does yeah. start this game. Right. You know, you don't, know, got, don't, don't mess up, you know, be aggressive. We don't mind you being aggressive, but don't mess up. They got the uh, comical old timey, you know, cane they're pulling right. Trubisky off the stage with the second he throws the first bad pass. It just, it, it's, it, a, it's a mess. It, it's all a mess right now. Right. Uh, and the lack of reps is going to hurt his preparation right. for the start, which compounds and increases the chance of a bad play. And it just, it just seems ugly. And look, I, I don't know what, what they, what the talks were about, uh, uh, trade talks, you know, possibly with, with Mason and all like that as the season progressed, but, uh, they should have just got him out the door for what they should have got, whatever they could have got him out the door for. I think it would have been fair to him. And then they'd already have a drive. Then you wouldn't be in this situation right now, uh, that, that you're in. Cause you, you could have got anybody off the street to be, be the number three at that point. If you, and then probably carry that guy on, on, on the practice squad and open up, you know, another position on, uh, uh on the 53. And if you got in the position that you're in right now, you could have elevated a quarterback like every other team does, uh, in, 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 in this situation. And it just going all the way back to through training camp. And this is a competition knowing good and damn well, it wasn't, uh, it, I, 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 this has been a whole mess, I think. And, uh, look, uh, God bless Mitch Trubisky for the, you know, he's, he's, he's been able to win a couple of games and all like that, but, uh, he, the, the stripes on the tiger have not changed with him. Right. No, you made that point with the numbers yesterday, right? I mean, this is the same, same old Trubisky, right? If, I mean, if, if there's anything that's been positive with him, his, his, his 20%, I mean, his 20 yard, uh, 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 deep ball completion rate has gone up a little bit this year, but it's still a small sample. It's not like it's a full season sample size uh, within that. But uh, if there's been anything positive about Mitch, uh, it's been that he's completed a you know he's 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 better than his career average when it comes to completing the twenty plus yard deep down the field passes. That's so it. This, That's so it though. 
So this is what five and eight feels like. Huh? Sure. What we're talking about here, December 16th, Trubisky versus Rudolph, and when it ultimately doesn't matter much for your entire season. Look, uh, I, I had this team, and I, you did too, I think, uh, uh, eight and nine, right? Uh, and still, we both might have overshot that. Right, right. This team's a mess, Alex. They are. It's it's I mean, I mean, let, I mean, let, let's talk about it. this team. I was going through the roster again last night and and thinking at trying to think ahead, you know, because it's time to start thinking about draft and all like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking, man, what what is this is the quote unquote Super Bowl window, you know, open for this team in 2023? Uh, and I, I can't get myself to think. You know. That that it that it will be, I, I really can't. Uh, you know, you're still going to be trying to figure out who who Kenny Pickett is. I think at the start of the season, uh, there's less. You know, I think there's less overall need from uh, on offense. But but within that, who the hell is going to play the slot receiver role in in, in 2023? You know, can you you need to upgrade that offensive line somewhere within a guard or tackle position, uh, you know, beyond that, who's going to be your backup quarterback. And then you flip over to the defensive side of football, man. And just so many holes that this team has to fill. And, you know, I, I just, I've got, I got the sinking feeling last night that, man, I, I, I can't definitively say, well, at least the Super Bowl window opens back up for this team in 2023. I, I, I can't, I can't say that right, right at this moment, you know, maybe we'll get into the draft and free agency and my mind will change within that, but it's hard to get excited about the 2023 Steelers team right now. Yeah. I think to your last point there, this roster is going to look a whole lot different, you know, a whole, it better, May. it better look like a it whole, will. whole lot different. It will. And so it's tough to gauge how good that team will be when there's going to be 30 to 40, a 50% turnover when it comes to who your 53 is going to be uh, going into the summer. But I don't think anyone would, I don't think anyone believes this is going to be a Super Bowl team, even, even competitive in 2023. Really, the goal is kind of like just become a playoff team again. That's going to be the 2023 goal. Make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> right, which is depressing in, in one sense, but you got to get to the playoffs before you get to the Super Bowl. And and really, I mean, the concern can, I've can had you all, win? Can you win a playoff game? Yeah, right? sure. let's say you can even put together. Uh, let's say you can even put together a squad that 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 gets in the playoffs. Can you win a playoff game for a change? Right, been since 2016 since we've gotten to celebrate that. So point taken there. But the concern I have when you when you broaden out the Super Bowl is you're going to be in an AFC for the next decade of Patrick Mahomes, of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. You see what Trevor Lawrence is doing. He's up and coming in Jacksonville. They're a team on the rise. Um, and then throw in what other teams you want to throw in as well. Herbert and the Chargers, et cetera. You got to compete with that for the next decade. How will you, what is your Super Bowl path to overcome all of that? Right. Especially when you look at some of these offense. I mean, look, you've got a team and and this is not a slight at Kenny Pickett at all, but we still there's still things with him that we have to see in these final four games. That's why everybody should be rooting for Kenny. I think the clear, clear protocol and get some time in this game uh, 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 this week. We've got to see him uh get better in the red zone we've got to see him throw the football down the field uh better because uh right now you know you you are not 
unless you have a kick-ass defense like you did back in you know 2000 and 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 and, and what uh five or or in 2010 eight. or eight yeah. uh in there uh and and you know for lack of you know 10 to some degree there right. uh you're you're not going to be able to get by with a a quarterback having an adjusted net yard uh uh passing attempt number as low as it it is right now you're just not should you know? that be the strategy, though? Because what are the odds you build an offense that can outproduce all the quarterbacks and offenses I just named? Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore. It doesn't have to get up into the, to the seven mark, but it's got to get marginally better. The offense has got look back back then. You know, the, you were able to rely on running running the football, you know, uh, as well. And I, you know, I don't think. At some point in today's NFL, you have got to push the football down the field. And the Steelers did that way back with with the old Ben being Ben thing. You know, Uh, I, you know, this you running the football is just not good enough now in, in the NFL. There's got to be explosive play element. And I wonder where that's going to come from with this offense. Sure. But my point is. What do you have a better chance in, in in being able to succeed and sustain? Build an offense that's better than all those other offenses, or build a defense that can stop those other offenses? Uh probably build a defense. Right, I think so too. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be the next Mahomes or Josh Allen or that top five quarterback, even in the best case scenario, which could happen. He could be a top ten. My concern is this is going to be a team that's like a slightly better Raiders team with a good good quarterback, not a great one, and a team that's wild card team in the hunt, in the mix. They get in the postseason; they're always there, but they they get bounced within a game or two. But how many core pieces right now of uh, are, is on your defense that within the next two, two, I mean, look, uh, like it or not, Cameron Hayward continues to age, right? I mean, he's still sure. playing good, but can he continue to play the amount of snaps that he's playing and, and be a top tier player? It's a, it's a good point. Yeah. My point would be to go back is, is and TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, maybe Alex Highsmith, but who else is on? And, well, and let, well, that's, you know, that's who, my point. who else? How, how are you going to rebuild that up that quick? Well, with all the, the money you have in free agency and the draft capital you have and say, we're going to go heavy and hard into investing in this defense. I'm just theoretically just trying to map this out in terms of what you could do, what, what path you could take. It's going to be all the, cause you've got a bunch of money. You got a bunch of capital this year that you can start making progress in terms of, investing heavily in your defense if you really wanted to okay we'll see they better and just an idea obviously there's work to do on both sides of the football and i think the 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 defense will have a lot of attention just because they're likely to be losing more pieces defensively the offense is younger they're under contract you're going to try to build and grow a lot more within the internal guys guys already on the team offensively defense is where you're going to see a lot of turnover turnover i just think overall um but it's just a thought because i don't think you're going to build an offense even best case that is going to go toe for toe with Mahomes and Allen, et cetera. I tell you that 49ers are doing it right, right now, right? Yeah, they are. They certainly are. But again, for what it's worth, the NFC is just weaker overall. They're not facing those top tier offenses. Okay. But anyway, let, let's talk I don't know about- how we went down there, but, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I guess we need to resurface here. Uh, look, uh, you, you know, you need to find out who Kenny Pickett is in these last four games as much as possible, and see if 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 you if you know you can start producing more points. You know, sure. period. My, cons- my concern, though, if he even if he practices in, in, in full on Friday and is cleared, is one day of team reps enough to reliably get him ready? Are you doing him a disservice by playing him with limited preparation time? I don't know. Ask Brock Purdy. You know, I, you know, I hate to compare it to that situation, but if that kid can throw a couple of balls around in the ballroom, uh, then Kenny Pickett with one full practice should be should be able to start and play. Yeah, I mean, it's always, I, I take it all case by case, though. I don't necessarily say, you know, had, had Brock Purdy sucked, would you have benched Kenny Pickett because of that? I mean, I don't let those other teams dictate. No, but I, I'm just pointing out that it does sure. happen. You know, it, it does. Uh, you know, it, you don't have to be, well, you, you don't have to have, be, uh, uh, be the Mike Tom, have the Mike Tomlin rule. Well, he's a rookie, didn't didn't practice full, but one day can't can't play, can't start. Right. But you better run the ball. And this team has run the ball better. But the 49ers are winning because they can they get a great defense and they can run the ball and they got a great scheme. I mean, they 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 scheme it up a whole lot better in San Fran than they do in Pittsburgh. And they can score, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and even when they get look, I mean, you know, Brock Purdy did not overall have all that great a game. But uh, in fact, there was a couple of interceptable balls in that game, uh, uh, but they weren't. And they they when they got the takeaways. You know, they turned them into in 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 into into points, and they made they made uh, they made the Seahawks pay for blown coverages. On top of it, you know, uh, sure. and and the scheme, like you like you said, man, that 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 first touchdown uh, harkened back to the old 49ers days. You know, uh, yeah, and Kittle was getting pretty open in that game. right, right. So. so, I mean, I don't want to keep bringing this all the way back, but I mean, you're asking me. Uh, can Kenny Pickett start if he has a full practice today? I say yes. Okay. Yeah, and I, I don't if know he, what the answer obviously is. Obviously, if he clears protocol, which sure. you know, you know if, if they say he's good to go uh, and he gets a full practice in, then hell yeah, starting. Again, I think one reason why Purdy, in, in credit to him, and they got the outcome they wanted, but one reason why Purdy started was not because the 49ers thought he was ready. It was because, well, we have no other options. We're on our third-string quarterback, and that's all we got. I think that's what happened there. Yeah, but you know the Steelers are running around saying, "Well, you know, we've got an experienced quarterback room." <laughs> okay, great. What is it, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, there there is value in in guys who are experienced and been with the team the whole year and and that kind of stuff. But we'll right. see. We'll see what Friday brings. All right, Dave. Let's look to the other injuries as well because there are notable names here. It is uh, not practicing on Thursday. Included cornerback Josh Jackson with an ankle, wide receiver Deontay Johnson with a hip, tight end Pat Frymuth with a foot, inside linebacker Miles Jack with a groin, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi with a toe, and Kim Hayward got the day off. And so some names that have popped up before have been managed throughout the weeks and. In, in recent uh, games here, Miles Jack, Larry Ogunjobi, Deontay Johnson's been dealing with that hip. Pat Frymouth continues to miss, so that gets a little bit tight there in terms of his status. Still sounds like he'll play, but certainly bothered by that foot injury. Um, so some notable names on the Steelers list. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, look, Josh Jackson in the ankle. He's been inactive the last several games, so he's not doing himself any favor. He's probably going to, whether or not he practices on Friday, still likely to be inactive on Sunday. So that's not a big one. I I, I figured Deontay Johnson is going to work through this hip like he did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, the one I Pat Farmer said earlier in the week that he's he's 
he doesn't see why he's you know not going to be able to play through this foot injury. I believe him on that. Uh, the ones the ones to really watch, I think, are the or the one to watch because obviously Larry Ogunjobi has been dealing with this toe for the last couple of uh, weeks as well too. Miles Jack might be the one to watch here with the groin, and uh, I, you know you know I love to speculate about groin injuries. I, mm-hmm. I, Two, two do not practices with a groin. Now he is a veteran here. I mean, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I guess we shouldn't be shocked if he winds up inactive and he, if he is inactive, uh, that would give the helmet obviously to Mark Robinson. And then it makes your starters Bush and Spillane against a, uh, run centric, uh, Panthers, uh, offense. Yeah. We'll see. Honestly, in this day and age, injury reports are so hard to read until Friday. The final one comes out because teams manage reps so much. And so I, sometimes I take these things with a grain of salt because they're so hard to get a read on. You know, 10 years ago, you could, if a guy didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, probably wasn't going to play in a game. In this day and age, it's kind of, you know, half the time they still end up playing. So just going to wait and see on that one. Right. And then, you know, could they do a thing like they did against what? Is it New Orleans where Jack? was active, but Blaine played over him and that whole thing. So who the heck knows, but uh, we'll get the Friday injury report. Of course, still central to it is Kenny Pickett, uh, but the other names are certainly worth watching as well. Uh, Practicing in full included Cam Sutton with a neck, Najee Harris with a hip. And I think those were the other ones to uh, to talk about Carolina. They're in pretty good shape, right? Uh, they they seem to be. They have a couple guys that were inactive uh, the their last game that uh, are kind of kind of questionable this week. Uh, trying to pull up their their injury report real quick here. What, yeah, uh, I don't do, know if there were any. Front, front of you, I can get quick. it. I don't know if there was any big name there in terms of uh, an injury to watch. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Chenault, he'll, 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 he should end up uh, playing here. Let's see, limited on Thursday for them. Uh, it doesn't sound like that backup linebacker, Brandon Smith's going to play through that ankle injury. He, he hasn't practiced uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, but he like you know I think he's a backup there. Limited again for them on Thursday. Or Corey Littleton, linebacker, uh, uh, Chenault, wide receiver, he should play through that shoulder. And then linebacker, Xavier Woods. I think Littleton and Xavier Woods were both uh, inactive in their last game, so it'll be interesting to see what what uh what uh what friday holds for the two of them those two guys are probably the guys to watch yeah and dj Moore, their top receiver it sounds like he will play so yeah he'll be good to go there so not much to note all right dave uh matt canada terrell austin speaking as they do every single thursday we'll start with canada and as you said he sort of tried to downplay any idea of a quarterback battle and just talked about that it's not abnormal to give both those backups reps in case they're needed so uh, you know, he talked about how they feel confident in their quarterback room, all of the things you would expect an OC to say. Right. And he, you know, really, it, it leaves you to try to work through picking through, you know, context and say, we don't know which way they're going to go plain and simple. Right. Uh, 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 they probably know, but, uh, they're, they're, they're not letting on it. Obviously a lot of it's going to revolve around what happens with picket, you know, what, what the final decision is on him and then go from there. Uh, 
Other than that, he's asked about James Daniels. He thinks uh, James Daniels is, has been a really good leader, really, really smart guy. He's a guy that asks a lot of questions when you install things. And, you know, just overall, they sound very, very happy with what's going on with, with James Daniels. And then it was asked specifically about Connor Hayward uh, and how he's been getting more opportunities. And, you know, uh, Canada said, I think he's gotten better. I mean, he's been a guy that we've been high on since we got him. And I've been a fan of his. I think I've said it multiple times. I think he's certainly trending in the right direction, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. And he made a big play a couple of weeks ago and made a really big catch. That was a tough catch over the middle on Sunday. I do think when you make those plays, your opportunities continue to grow. And through injuries at different spots, different personnel groups, different plans, all those things kind of factor into it. But he certainly is trending the right way, his ability to understand our offense, his job has increased his play. Uh, all that aside, where, where are you on Connor Hayward right now? On what yeah, he, think, what, what he is and isn't. Well, I think he's always going to be a niche player without one true home. And, and that's the way he should be approached. He's not a fullback. Obviously it really hasn't been used as such. He's not a tight end. He's just kind of a little bit of everything. And I think the more that he's displaced, the more he's not, part of the core of the formation, even in an an off ball, two point stance, the better he's going to be. I like him in the slot. I like him in space. Um, I know they try to pull him on those split flow actions. And I think the success there is pretty, pretty poor. Um, But I think he offers a little bit of a, of of everything and has done well on special teams. And so, you know, it's always going to be a backup and playing a couple snaps here, a couple snaps there, but the more they really maximize and lean on his versatility, the better off he and they are going to be. In the passing game, more specifically. Yeah, but even as a run blocker, necessarily in space, and you know, maybe he can play some slot and crack some guys. Just again, the more he's playing, the closer to the, the core of the formation he is, the, the worse off he's going to be because his blocking right. is just because of size and strength limitations. It's just not going to produce a lot of great results. He's never going to be a, 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 a quote-unquote number. He's, he's number two tight end. He's, he's always going to be that that. You know, I don't want to say gadget player, but you know, the, the kind of that extra, uh, I don't know, kind of a Swiss Army knife guy yeah. that you know, uh, always a fringe rock. I mean, a, a, as long as the special teams play is there, uh, you know, he he might be okay. Yeah, I think he's an H back that's going to be on the back end of your roster. That's consistently going to make the team because he can wear a lot of hats and it's going to give you versatility when injury strike or your game plan wants to change. And in an offense that's loosely built the way Canada's built it with a lot of play action and you know boots and things like that you can you can get some mileage on him so yeah I've been encouraged by his play his progress um again he's never going to be a starter never going to be an all-star but that you know valuable 50th guy on the roster that's gonna you know help you out in in different ways throughout the season all right uh anything else non-quarterback related that Canada said no, I was just going to ask you, though, are you good running back the center right of this offensive line next year of Cole, Daniels, and a core for? Are you good with that, or do you want to see a change? I mean, you got so many. Like, like I mean, I, I'm all up for upgrading if you can, uh, where you can. But, I mean, you're only going to have so many draft picks, and I think it's, you know, uh, and how, you know, what, what are you going to address during everything can be upgraded. I mean, I'm fine with James Daniels at, at, at right guard. I, and, and, you know, I don't see that here's, here's what I don't see them addressing. I don't see them addressing right guard, right tackle period. But center, I think you got to look at it. Uh, but I mean, I think they can get by with, 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 with Cole, but, uh, 
I mean, if the if the opportunity presented presented itself to upgrade that position uh, via the draft, I would. I wouldn't wouldn't knock myself out in free agency to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, I think you could look at potentially in the draft doing something in the mid rounds there. Yeah, there's probably some depth at the least uh, to be added there. Although Hassenauer, what's Hassenauer's status after this year? Is he and restricted? Unrestricted. Uh, that's a good question. I don't I forget because he was exclusive rights. He might, is he restricted now? He might be restricted. I think he was exclusive rights guy this past off season, so that would make him restricted if that if that's correct. Um, so you do original quick. round tender on him. No one's going to touch him, and he'd come back to be your backup. Really, though, he's a, to me just a backup center. I mean, he's a guy that can play guard, has played guard, but really should not be playing guard. Right, right. Let's so see here. his status. And Kendrick Green is under contract, and he'll be in camp, I assume, next year. Although under a new regime, you know, could he be a theoretical cut? I suppose that's not impossible come rookie minicamp, something like that. Uh, Hassenhauer is restricted. So, but what kind of, t- I mean, restricted tenders now? I mean, those those are on yeah. under a couple million, you know? That's true. You could do the old don't tender him and then sign him to a one-year minimum type deal. Right. They've done that before. Right. I mean, is he good enough where you want a restricted tender him? Uh, how much is the tender for original round? It's going to be two on point, up two point what eight or something. Uh, and it, well, it might even be more of that because it kind of projected maybe the cap might be a little bit uh, uh, more. Let me see what uh, over the cap has. Uh, on, so probably on, not. Yeah, probably you wouldn't tender him. You would just bring him back on a one-year deal for whatever the minimum is based on his uh, experience. That's going to save you a, a million, million and a half, probably. Let's see. Uh, RFA tenders for right of first refusals, 2.6.2, uh, 2.629 uh, on, 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 on right of first refusal, low tenders. So Yeah, I wouldn't tender. Haas and I were at that level. And it might end up being a little bit more now if the cap, ends up being a little bit higher. So, I mean, you could probably be looking at 2.9, almost $3 million for, for a, just a right of first refusal restricted tender on him. Right. Nope. Would not do that. Would bring him back, but not at that price tag. But, uh, well, I mean, you, probably, you, would, you, you feel the same about right guard, right tackle, right? They're probably not going to do anything there. I mean, the rest, yeah. the odds of, I mean, quite honestly, what they're most likely to do is to address the left guard position to be honest with you i mean i know a lot of people saying that you got to get a left tackle got to get left tackle uh i kind of wonder if they feel the same way yeah i think i've, I've said this for a while it's going to be left side of the line now i think it starts left guard for me left tackle if you have an opportunity if there's something that, that kind of falls into you or a prospect let's say top you know top pick uh, first round pick is there you would strongly consider that I don't know if you'd be actively searching for it the way that you may be actively searching for an upgraded left guard. Okay. So, but I, I, I'm to, to answer my question. I'm very confident that the right center over this line next year will be the same as it was this year. Cole right. at center, Daniels right guard, a core for right tackle. Right. I mean, I, and, and odds are good that'll happen. I think. Right. That's where I'm at. Terrell Austin speaking as well was asked about, hey. Why are the inside linebackers not making plays? Just watch Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen make splash plays against Pittsburgh. And Trell Austin said, yeah, I don't know why that's happening. That's not a good answer, Bob. <laughs> it's not a good answer. The answer is those guys are not good enough to make splash plays. But of course, Austin can't say that. Right. 
mean, that's uh, that's damning right there. Yeah, let me pull up the actual quote here that Austin said, though he just kind of dances around. It says, quote, I wish I could attribute it to something. I know we work. The guys work hard. They're just not making the plays. We look for something. You love splash plays, turnovers. They give the team momentum. They stop the other team's momentum. All those good things. We just haven't been getting them. I later said, I wish I had an answer for you. I do too, Terrell. Yeah, look, splash plays, something we've talked about. Where are those tackles for losses? Where are those uh, forced fumbles? Where are those uh, 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 balls floating around in the air, interceptions or just interceptions in general? Uh, None of that's happening there in the middle of the defense. You know, they're just accumulating tackle stats Uh uh, and not all tackle, not all tackle tackles are created uh, equal. You know, uh, tackling a guy six yards or five yards down the field on first and 10 is not a great tackle stat to have other than saying that that he didn't get more than five yards uh, in there. And, you know, that's why you look at tackle totals and you say, man, he's sure is racking up the tackle totals. Well, where are the meaningful uh, tackles at? And. This, this, the middle of this defense. And look, Jack's been okay. Uh, you know, there's been points where he's been okay, but uh, he hasn't been that dude, you know? And he's gotten worse. He's, he's definitely backslid. Right. I think the injuries he's dealing with is part of it, but end of the day, he's, he's gotten worse. Right. And Bush is just a guy. I mean, uh, Bush has been better uh, at times, especially during the second half of this season, but his better. Is still not good enough. It's still not, and it's not anywhere anywhere good enough. He, the the better with him is he's been more physical at point of attack, but he's still mm-hmm. not getting anything done there. Right, and the negative plays that pop up are still pretty negative. His lows are still pretty low, but that's that's the phrase that I've used for for a long time now. Better, but not good enough with Devin Bush, and so you find something else next year. You, you need two really in the middle and you don't know what Mark, are we going to find out who Mark Robinson is by the time, by the end of the year? No. And I mean, are you, are you presuming Jack will not be a stealer next year? Uh, no, I, I mean, there's only so much turnover you can have. Right. I mean, right. Uh, well, you said what well, you said you need two, so I didn't know if you, well, you, do, you need, yeah. In other words, you need to address that probably through the draft and, and have an up and comer in that, you know, sure. Uh, but I mean, even if you bring Bush back, it better be well. You can compete, and maybe, maybe a depth special team spot, you know, because of your experience. But we're not paying you any money to do that. Yeah. Which uh, I don't see the point of even doing it. Just weird to right. even ask him to, to be in that special team compete role anyway. All right. Uh, then, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen this week unless unless and even if Miles Jack does not play against the Panthers, uh, even if 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 Mark Robinson is active. He's not going to get any playing time on defense. Right. No, you're not going to, you know, Robinson, you won't see on defense until next summer. Next preseason. Well, I mean, if you if you lose this game to the Panthers, I think you should get him out there in the final three games. Be honest with well, you. Austin was asked about that and said, we aren't doing that. Uh, right. We are playing the guys who are ready. But I understand that's your opinion. And that's I my opinion of what should yeah. happen. But I could too. Austin's word. He said, we're uh, looking to win. We're not playing the JV guys, essentially, is what he's had to say. All right. Well, I mean, but, but, uh, you know, what does that say about, you know, and look, I mean, the odds of, of, of Robinson 
turning out to be something is, you know, uh, being a position switch guy and all like that's low anyway. But man, why wouldn't you use the final? Th- well, I mean, would you try to get him on the field in the final three games? Or let's assume that they lose this game to the Panthers. Honestly, I'm not as gung ho about it as 95% of Steelers Nation. I understand this is basically a redshirt year for him. He played running back two years ago. He had a lot to learn. Probably isn't ready to play right now. He's getting mental reps. He's working scout team. I'm okay with Mark Robinson not playing. He's going to get a chance next year to see if he makes a jump. And if he plays well, then he'll have an opportunity. But I'm, I, I disagree. I'm, I I'd, I'd get him That's out fine. there. Okay. I, 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 I would, get him but out is, there. is he ready to play is the question. Well, neither of us can answer that. Concretely. I can't answer We're not that. watching him. But I, I think it's reasonable to assume a rookie seventh round pick who's barely played the position he's playing right now is probably not ready to go out there and play. All right. Uh, who do you turn to without Wormley? He was asked. And he mentioned the entire team. He just said yeah. the whole, all the names that were there, Loudamoke, Leal, Carlos Davis, who probably won't even be elevated. So I'm not sure why he's mentioning him. Jonathan Marshall, new guy, uh, basically just the rest of the group. I mean, what does it say if you uh, what does it say if you put Jonathan Marshall out there this week and don't and and not willing to put a guy like Mark Robinson in the final three games out there, you know? Well, again, I think it comes down to a the injury forced their hand at that. There's not an injury forcing them to to add somebody. Um, Marshall has played some. He's got a bit more experience. Well, I feel like they're injured putting Devin Bush out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair point there. But in terms of actual injuries, and who knows how much Marshall will play in. I don't know if he'll even be active. It's not even a guarantee of that. We assume that'll be the case, but there's still a lot of, lot of question marks there. But I think with Liao, I just keep going back to where does DeMarvin Leal play best? What is his role with this team? I think the issue with him is always going to be, what is he in our defense? Is he a guy that you could get to drop weight? Well, they had him add weight when they when they drafted him. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I think he should be basically an outside linebacker and sub package third down interior rusher. I don't think he's an actual defensive lineman in your base 3-4. I mean, if they want him to to, to be that, that, uh, uh, three, four, I tech, then he's got to be the two nine, you know, the two ninety three or three Oh five and, and, and get stronger. If that's what you want him to be. Well, that's what they had him do. He was reportedly up to around 300 well, pounds. Right. But he's got, he, hey, hey, I mean, we agree. He's got to get stronger, right? Oh yeah. He's got to do a lot of things, but certainly right. strengths, one of them. Right. I mean, uh, but, but is, uh, what I'm asking is, is he, a, a you think he's got the build that, that you could turn him into an outside linebacker? I mean, I think he's been doing a lot of that now. He was doing that a lot last year at a and I think, you know, just loosely for me off the top of my head. I he think would he have to drop a good, you know, 25 pounds. Yeah, I think you play him at 270. I think you play him as a big outside linebacker. They don't drop into coverage much anyway, 10% of the time. So it's not like it used to be. Um, and he rushes in, in uh, inside on third down uh, as a, a three-tech. I think that's how he's going to win. I think if you ask him to play an actual down in down out rundown you know defensive lineman in, in nickel and in base uh he's not going to work so you don't think he's going to be your next uh step on to it no no i don't i think he needs to be this hybrid type player okay interesting i mean that's how they've been using him this year forcing right, their hand when what when injuries occurred but but i I mean, I don't think he has the bill. I took a screenshot i can share it with you if you want just looking at his body makeup i mean compare him to the rest of the defensive lineman 
he's he's not he's not as big. Obviously, he's an athletic right. guy. I mean, you know, it's just a different body type. Right. Because all of them, and that's why I asked about body type because you know they're they're not all created equal. I mean, can, does he have the frame where he can kind of become that 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 three uh, that that three uh, three four eye tech? You know, I don't think so. In classic uh, Steelers style. I don't think I just sent you a screenshot. Just comparing the, just look at the lower body of Leal versus the rest of the D line. I don't think he's going to get to even Ogan Joby, who's kind of the smallest uh, built guy of the screenshot I had between him, Alu Alu, and Cam Hayward. Then you look at Chicken Legs, yeah. Demarvin Leal. I just don't think he's going to get to that point. Yeah, then 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 maybe you get him to drop some weight and turn him into an outside linebacker. Yeah, again, I think he's a hybrid type guy. And I think he's got a lot of work. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's high energy. I thought he had a good summer, but I think he's still, in terms of going against, you know, NFL ones, he's going to work on a pass rush plan. I mean, the guy has not really made a ton of plays this year in his limited action. He's got a couple batted balls, but he's not, I don't think I have him down for a pressure this year. Um, I tell you, look at this. He don't look much different than uh, Highsmith, really. (laughs) Yeah, or even. Uh, According to this, I mean, based on this kind of stance and, and screenshot that you have. Right. And it's kind of taken as the snaps happening. So a bit of motion to it. But but point is, he's not going to ever look like even Larry Okunjobi in my mind. And so I don't think he's going to become and he's not been used as a base guy this year. He's been used literally on third down and sub packages and, and playing on the edge. And so I think that's going to be uh, the best fit for him as kind of this hybrid type guy. Man, this what are you going to do on a defensive line next year, Alex? I've been saying long time, a lot of changes are coming. I mean, just based off of but even before Warmly got hurt, but but him being a free agent now injured. Unlikely to play for week one. Do you bring Ogan Joby back? I I don't think I do. I don't think I do either, especially not at no no eight million, nine million. Yeah, because you're gonna pay him less than that. Probably not. If he's gonna want to come back, he's gonna be eight million, yeah. I assume it's the floor. I mean, Aluwala's gone. Uh Larry Ogan Joby's probably gonna be gone. Uh Montravius Adams is just a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Loudermilk is Loudermilk. He's not guaranteed. I don't think Loudermilk's guaranteed a, a roster spot next year. And even if he makes the team, he's depth. He offers nothing right. as a pass rusher. His run defense leverage is still an issue. Wormley, you might not even have until week six. Probably won't. Tears ACL in December. I doubt he's going to be ready for week one for a big defense. Right. Uh, uh, what else do you have? This new kid, John, uh, uh, Jonathan Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. But, but I what, guess we'll what, see. What, what is he? You know, Cam Hayward will be 34. How old can be next year? Yeah, 34 during May. I mean, and you see where I'm talking, going back, talking about earlier in the show. You know, you got a lot of holes on this defense, man, that you got to fill. But you could you use three inside linebackers. You could use another outside linebacker. You, could you need use, one. You don't even not could use yeah, You got to have yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got to make sure you get Cameron Sutton back under contract. Who's going to be your strong safety? We'll see. Edmonds, somebody else. Open question. I mean, a lot of holes, right? Right. But I think what it comes back to is what we've talked about midseason, first six weeks, trenches. That's where it's going to start. That's how Andy Weidel's wired. That's how they built that thing in Philadelphia. That's what Baltimore's approach was when Weidel was there with the Costa and, well, really, Ozzie Newsome. Trenches, offensive line, defensive line, build it inside out. Lately, Pittsburgh's built this thing. I, I'm going to probably write about this and, and use the um, phrase in an article, but Pittsburgh is an above the line team. And what that means is above the line in movie productions means that's the money that goes to 
the actors, essentially, all the people that you see, the stars and everyone below the line is kind of the, the grunts and they're the runners and production team and stuff like that. Pittsburgh's an above the line team where all their money is going to the skill positions. It's not going to the below the line, which means the trenches. And that's how you get a crappy movie where, you know, Bruce Willis is starring in something and it's just a terrible produced movie. Yeah. And it's not a uh, Christmas movie, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 uh, which is uh, a great Christmas movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is, because it it's, is a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. How is it not? A, it takes place. It, guys, it is not. Christ, it, takes, is a, it opens with a, a Christmas party. I don't care. It's not a Christmas movie. Why is it not a Christmas movie? Be, just because it takes place at Christmas does not make it a Christmas movie. Okay. It is I an don't... action adventure movie that yeah, just act- so happens to take place. During during the holidays, that does not make it a Christmas movie. Very festive with that guy with the ho 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 shirt on as he's no, dead. That's very no, festive. Stop. That's the spirit. Stop. Right. Uh, I'll be watching. <laughs> uh, where where do we where are we circling back? To? I was saying this team's got to build through the trenches. Oh yeah, They're absolutely. An and, and look, I, and I know there's and look if you can get a uh, Joey Porter Jr. in, I, I don't even know where his stock is now. Is it second round? I've heard different but, things. I'm not intelligent enough to speak on it. He's, we'll see. I mean, I, long story short, there's no way in in God's green earth do I address uh, the first round pick with a defensive back. No way. And you probably feel the same right now. Yeah. Again, it's so hard to answer those things in a vacuum. But I'd be heavily leaning towards if if, if there was anything close to the trenches versus corner. You're gonna you're gonna go trenches that will trump secondary. Right. I, I, it's gotta be defensive line. I think from where I sit right now, but anyway, or, or, I mean, you know, would you take a guard that high? If you're, if you're sitting at 15, it's not unreasonably high for a guard. I think, if I a think really good be, one. It just, it gets pushed down for some reason. I think the quality right. can be had, uh, as long as you're not drafting the Kendrick greens of, of the world, what's going to happen to that kid after this season? I mean, there's not much of a future. A new regime could push him out sometime in the summer. Um, you know, I assume he'll be right now carried into camp just to see, but he could be a guy that probably gets cut after in, in final cutdowns in 2023. I mean, do you bring Jesse Davis back on the minimum? Minimum? Surely you do. But, I mean, can. I guess for what though? I mean, just to play back old... up and hope you don't I mean, have you to could. see him. You can bring him or somebody else as equivalent. It's not going to change it too much. Also, you know what? We didn't mention, by the way, um, and I apologize for this. Um, Ola Daney did not end up signing in Pittsburgh. Mm. Apparently failed his physical. And so don't well, know. But I wasn't going to move the chains much anyway. No, but no, that's, what, to talk that's about. why it dragged my memory when I said it's not going to move the needle because Ola wasn't going to change things too much. But should note that uh, very late into the show here that yeah, he did not pass his physical. I think Dr. Mel suspected from a neck injury, suffered early this year, and so uh, will not become a Pittsburgh Steeler again. All right, what else from uh, we we we've gone? Yeah, way we're running down. long here. Tell our sponsors uh, we're going long today. Uh, that that was it. That was it from Austin, I think. Okay. They keep asking him about Brian Flores too. Stop asking about. Just ask Terrell Austin about Terrell Austin related things. Stop asking him about. Does Brian Flores have input on this defense? Yeah, well, he does. Let's move on. Uh, anyway. All right. Sadly, we were not able to get a uh, uh, beat writer lined up uh, in time. We had one, then something came up with him. Couldn't, couldn't get him on the show today for, for to cover the Panthers. Yeah, so Dave and I, let's just uh, dive right into our preview of this Steelers-Panthers game. Two teams that are 5-8, and eight, but two teams in weirdly different 5-8 and eight situations. Pittsburgh trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Panthers still trying to win the NFC South. They are still in competition for that, considering how bad 
the South has been. Panthers now uh, winning three of their last four. Uh, a new team that's gotten on the right track under interim head coach Steve Wilkes, who replaced Matt Rule, first head coach to be fired pretty early in the season back in week five, week six, whenever that was. So looking at this Panthers offense on their third quarterback in Sam Darnold, but they're really a team that has that true and blue run identity. Yeah, look, they uh, they like to strap it, and that you know it's too bad because I wanted to ask uh, you know a, a, a beat writer about you know thoughts on uh, what what Steve Wilkes is doing over there, and it it, it kind of feels like they're just uh, simplifying a lot of stuff across the board. This is what we want to do. We're not going to be fancy about it. Let's just execute uh, kind of some of these core things here. Uh, go heavy, run the football. Uh, try to stay out of third and long situations here and getting into red zone, put it in the end zone. And, and that's the way we're going to play here because it's not overly, uh, overly fan. The last two games with them, just not overly fancy on offense. It's just, they line it up, strap it up. And, and I, you know, look, you go through and I had to watch, I watched the Seahawks game twice. Uh, over, uh, on, on the all 22, just to make sure, you know, see, see if I want they, they, they didn't get a lot of chunks in there for, for a team that ran the football for 200-something yards in there. I found myself several times saying, wait, wait, is this thing missing plays? Because it did not feel like they ran for 200 yards in that game. No, it didn't. They just consistently death by a thousand paper cuts, uh, you know, played smash mouth football, and they go big. I mean, they have, as I'm sure will be talked about and was kind of talked about during the week, their Arby's package of eight offensive linemen on the field at once. but. You know, the, the last two games that I watched uh, that they played, they've opened up with a, a, a fullback as an offensive lineman. And Cade Mays, who's playing their fullback and getting downhill, running lead weak, lead strong, stuff like that. And so uh, they will bring in a six offensive lineman to play attached to the line. That's Cam Irving, a veteran guy. So they are as, as heavy as they come. They're very similar to Atlanta without the uh, threat of quarterback mobility. So they're, they're, right. they're structured a very similar way. And look, they, uh, you know, they do some of the uh, weird alignments with the tight end in the backfield, kind of uh, right in front of the running back in pistol there. And they'll, they'll, they'll run some stuff out of that. They'll run toss uh, out of pretty much anything, I think, in the backfield uh, there. And they, you know, a, a lot of meat on that offensive line, that's for sure. So you're going to see it across the board, them just line it up. Uh, they will play action out of that, try to do, I think there's a couple of levels things. They're not afraid to run, to, uh, to throw uh, to the big backs out of the backfield uh, coming out on, on some kind of leak outs either. Uh, that That's one thing specifically. It, it feels like uh, Darnold's been told, just be safe with the football. Check, feel free to check it down uh, in any situation with him. Right. And he's taking care of the football, no picks and two starts with them. And so that's been important. Yeah. Their pass games, constraint plays, play action. They run those boots. It's basically the old spider two wide banana. They run that. You'll see that three, four times this weekend, uh, mostly to the field. They're reading to the flat. They can work it downfield if that's taken away. Uh, DJ Moore's our top receiver, really their only consistent receiver. I believe after him, it's McCaffrey still their second leading receiver. Of course, he's in San Francisco. So they're Next man up is is LaVisca Chenault, who has 21 catches. And so they really, besides more, they just spread the ball around. They really scheme things open. There's not really a guy to look to. Terrence Marshall's their deep threat. He's averaging almost 19 yards per catch. But really, aside from more, everything else is based off a scheme, spreading the ball around the pass game concepts. And then, of course, 
committing to the run. Yeah, they're not. They don't seem to be big after the catch like the Steelers, you know, too. They don't seem to be a big after the catch. Uh, kind of, look, Chenault's more of a possession guy. Now, Chenault in his past, or, you know, coming out of college, I remember he was good at uh, almost like a, uh, uh, a poor man's Debo Samuel, right? You know, uh, yeah, to, runner, uh, receiver. Uh, uh, to, to some degree, but I, I, in the, in, in the footage, in, in, in the tape that I've watched, I haven't seen him be kind of that guy, uh, uh, a lot of yards after the catch over there overall. And look, you go back even to the Seattle game, Alex, one, one explosive play. And it was a Dar- uh, Sam Darnold scramble in there. <laughs> uh, so it makes you kind of wonder, man, th- this team racked up 200 something yards on the ground. Uh, uh, no explosive plays through the air. Uh, they just, they protected the football overall and they were able to a lot of four and five and six yard runs overall in there. They just able to stay ahead of the chains. And that's how you beat them. Conversely is you sell out to stop the run. You make Sam Darnold put the football in the air and you specifically make Sam Darnold put the, put the football in the air on third and seven or more situations. Cause odds are probably good that you're going to get off the field in those situations. Yeah, again, Darnold, the numbers for the season are a little bit different because it's Darnold at quarterback, but on third and seven plus, the Panthers are the worst offense in football, converting 11% of the time. And so, of course, you want any team to be in third and forever situations, but Carolina is literally the worst team at converting third and forever because they really don't have a semblance of passing offense. and They only have really one bona fide receiver. I mean, they, they, they're not a team that really shot plays at all. No, no, they want to take care of the football. They want to, you know, they'll play action and maybe look for some Yankees and some crossers, but, you know, they're very selective. And, you know, for for as much as we know about Sam Darnold over the years, uh, he's only attempted 43 passes on the season. Obviously, missed missed a chunk of time at the beginning. Uh, just complete. I mean, th- across the board, their quarterbacks aren't completing at 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 at, at a high rate. Uh, they don't have a lot of passing touchdowns. They're they're about like the Steelers when it comes to that. Uh, they they get sacked their their fair share of times. I think as well too here. So uh, these are their their offense is very vanilla. Very. Oh yeah. Vanilla, at yeah. least no, the last couple of games. No, you're right. I 100% agree. Again, it's like Atlanta. It's, you're not, you've seen one play. You've kind of seen them all. Um, while I said, you know, they don't have the quarterback mobility of, say, Mariota, Darnold can still run. As you said, he had a big scramble. Right. He gets 30 yards in, in, in that uh, win over Seattle. And so, I mean, you know, not that he's going to be a run first guy. They're going to design much for him, but he can scramble at least in terms of if, if nothing's available downfield. Yeah. Look, just uh, you've got, to, you've got to be able to stop. You know, they're going to, coming off of what they saw the, uh, the, the Ravens do. And and just what they did against Seattle and how they won that game, you know, this is uh, this is uh, try to stop us a game when it comes to their two and they got a couple of big old boys in the backfield, right? And yeah. uh, in 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 Chuba Hubbard and 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 Dante Foreman, and I guess they use that uh, what Blackshear kind of as maybe some change of pace kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Foreman's been their their starter, their lead back, but he's still playing just a plurality of snaps. At least he did against Seattle, and so I think it was forty seven percent for Foreman, thirty something percent for Hubbard, and Blackshear got sixteen or so percent. So last note I have on the Panthers' offense is watch out for Johnny Hecker, the punter. Mm-hmm. Um, they've not used him on fakes this year, but he has been the NFL's best and most often used fake punter um, since twenty twelve. He's thrown twenty three passes. That is far and away the most of any punter in football. He's also averaging 49 yards per punt. That's a career high. And so they're winning field position battles. And as Pittsburgh saw against Baltimore, 
um, dual position can often determine outcomes, and Pittsburgh uh, failed against the Ravens. Uh, Tommy Trimble still healthy with him? Yeah, he's still there. He's caught two touchdowns this year, goal line type stuff. We like Trimble coming out of Notre Dame, right? Yeah, a little bit undersized guy, but uh, Mm a guy that can do something after the catch. Kind of their version, I guess, of Connor Hayward. You know, a little bit, a little bit better version. He's a better blocker, I think, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a really good blocker coming out of ND. They got Notre Dame is just tight end. You, they got Michael Mayer coming out this year. Mayer is going to be a really good guy that I I watched uh, last year and, and liked his game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, flipping over to the Panthers defense, uh, fewer maybe big names here. It's not been a great defense, but I think if there's, there's still some talent. Their front seven is, is aggressive, and Brian Burns is probably one of the more underrated pass rushers in football, so a big task for Pittsburgh. Uh, Dan Moore's going to have his hands full over there for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, they blitz a fair amount, so they're going to throw some different concepts at you. They mix up man and zone, but what are your thoughts here looking at this Panthers defense? Uh, another thing, they're not very exotic, it that look like in the last couple of games of, of – of, you know, uh, pre-snap kind of rotations. They are, they're pretty much like here, here we are. Come get, the, I tell you one thing that stuck out the most ab- about them on, on, on tape is, is they do in the last few games, they rally to the football really, really quick. And, mm. uh, 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 in the middle with Shaq Thompson in there. And when they do miss that first tackle, it seems like someone's right there to clean it up. Uh, that's one thing that stuck out to me on tape with them. Uh, they, it, you know, it looks like they, 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 they do a lot more zone uh, overall coverage. In fact, I think their usage just in the last few games alone is 68% zone versus man. They're not afraid to blitz on like second and third down. In fact, I think in the last two, last two or three games, 38% uh, 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 blitz usage, which is second most in the NFL over the last couple of weeks. So they're not afraid to, to get after you with numbers. But it, once again, this just looks like very, very, what they're trying to do is simple, simplify things on a defensive side of football, uh, tackle the catch, not give up the big play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. They have been, you know, blitz happy. And for a team that's kind of a four down front, Often those teams don't blitz much because they're going to rely on their front four, but the Panthers certainly have brought a lot of heat. Um, just watch that. If you're two by two, watch the nickel corner from the boundary side. He's going to blitz a lot on second and third down. One note I have on this defensive line, uh, they've batted 13 passes this year. They have 13 pass deflections, and Derek Brown has six of those. And so uh, you got to watch out because they, they're doing a good job of tipping balls, and, and those are always going to create the, the opportunity for interceptions. Uh, that horn looks like a good prospect. Oh, uh, yeah. What at first? See the first, pick he had against Seattle. First play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he covers. It was, they covers two smash. areas. Yeah. He covers the flat. Then he sinks and picks off the corner on smash concept. He defended both. I've never seen a corner do that before. Right. Uh, uh, definitely a ball hawk uh, kind, kind of guy. Kind of real heady. Good. Good instincts with him. Uh, uh, seems to be a good tackler as well, too. You know. For sure. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. Um, yeah, I mean they 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 bring a lot of people. They blitz their off ball linebackers a lot. They got that. I hadn't even heard of him. Frankie Lavoo's got five yeah. sacks this year. Probably the quietest five sack season of anybody in football right now. Damon Wilson's a, a veteran guy. He's got two sacks, and so they're going to bring different people and create different pressures. They're going to get Burns on more, of course, but they're going to be able to send him into the B gap and get him on guards. And so uh, Kevin Dawson's going to have to watch out for Brian Burns. That's a concerning thought for me. Um, they're going to send a lot of different things at you. Uh, chin, chin plays down low a lot and does a a, a good job. I think uh, physicality wise, especially against the run. 
Yeah, he's a hybrid guy. Remember him at the Senior Bowl? He, you know, that safety linebacker type, and kind of like uh, I think it was him and Kyle Duggar there the same year, and both those guys have had success. Duggar up in New England, and so uh, they do a lot with him. I think they they play a lot of zone, and you can flood their zone coverages with um, you know different you know concepts and and things like that. And so I, I think ha- attacking their zone, flooding their zone defense is going to be the the way to beat them. Kind of a no name defense, isn't it? Yeah, again, it's it's like they're like Atlanta. They're just the same team, basically, right. overall. Uh, yeah, they, but Burns is a big name for sure. A horn is a good one. And they're not they're not a bad defense to me. They're, they're not, not flashy. flashy, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like we've been doing this for a long time, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Uh and once again, I I, I mean it'd be interesting. To see, I, I, I didn't see a lot of pre pre snap kind of you know, post snap rotation or anything no. they're, they're they're pretty much here we are you know they, they do some overloads with their d tackles on third down but in right. some run shifts they can be kind of aggressive in terms of uh aligning to the strength they have the one clip against denver and they're the one screenshot of them just like the entire defense set to the strength of the formation so they do some some different things like that i think that can be run on i mean you gotta you gotta get out uh, get, get somebody out on shaq thompson because that guy's that guy's all over the field once again the, you know, the thing that sticks out to me is they at least in the last couple, they seem to tackle really well. Mm-hmm, they do, yeah. They're they're, they're a pretty sound. They rally, team. Rally to that, the ball. They 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 got the, that big uh, that big Derek Brown running to the football. Man, uh, I think that's one of the things that stuck out to me is him uh, him chasing down plays. And that's the personality of Steve Wilkes. He's a defensive minded guy. Guys play hard. Uh, interim head coach. Everyone trying to play for their jobs and stuff like that. So they're they're in a better place for sure. So. Um, do you think, I think he's? You think he's done enough, uh, Wilkes? I mean, uh, I mean, props to them, and they, they're, 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 you know, they've got a couple of wins here, and I didn't see them beating Seattle, to be honest with you. No, but I mean, here, here they are. I mean, they're a five and eight team. I mean, your your record, you are what your record is, but uh, but they, under they, Wilkes, they're what like four and four. It feels like they're oh, they're, it feels like they're overachieving, to be honest with you, with, with this roster. That's a good word. I I don't know their situation enough. I, my guess is that they'll have a new head coach because yeah. this happens a lot. Remember with um Rich Bisaccia last year with the with the Raiders did a great job with them. He gets replaced as their interim head coach. Um, and then I just put David Tepper. He always wants the flashy guy. He wants the big name hire. And just in the way that the Raiders went and got Josh McDaniels, I don't think David Tepper wants uh, little known Steve Wilkes. He wants that flashy big name hire. That's kind of what he's done probably incorrectly based on the results they've gotten. The franchise floundered under Matt Rule, but my guess is they'll go somewhere else. Uh feels feels like a pretty good matchup for if, if TJ Watts, you know, 90% of himself against Taylor Moton, right? Yeah. Remember, it was uh there was a core four that kept Moton on the right side there, I think, back in uh in their college days. But Moton's become a really underrated and good right tackle. Right. And uh left tackle too, Ikea Aquanru top top right. pick this year. So Alex Highsmith against Icky is going to be a great battle. So probably sums up the Panthers. Well, I know we're running a bit long here, so let me kind of just move us along. Um, before we get to our picks here, of course, want to pick the Steelers. I have no idea what direction you're going to go. I think I, I, I might know what team you're going to pick here in this one. But before we do that, let's hear from our friends over at my bookie. Yeah, your favorite athletes always try to put themselves in a winning position, and it's about time you did too with MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, NCAA, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly Blackjack 
tournaments they have. Sign up at my bookie. Use promo code Terrible on a on a deposit of five hundred dollars or more, and you can claim a bonus of up to two hundred dollars. Again, that's promo code Terrible to claim a brand new deposit bonus designed for betters looking to get their cash in and cash out quick. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie and additional promo details. The new deposit bonus is a 10% cash bonus on deposits of up to $2,000. The minimum deposit amount is $50 and the maximum bonus amount is $200. The bonus only has a one-time playthrough amount. It doesn't lock you in which is a major pain point for online gambler gamblers focus on the cash in cash out aspect of the bonus and not the percentage uh, uh, of that. So uh, once again, uh, sign up at my booking, use promo code terrible on deposits of $500 or more. And you can claim a bonus of up to $200 on that promo code terrible at mybookie.ag. All right, Dave, let's make our picks for week 15. We are both one and oh, on the week with the no, 49ers. no, I, was, oh, I went no. the other way. You, oh, you went the other way. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was betting against the rookie uh, uh, in that. I thought he'd come. I, I thought Seattle would play a little bit better being at home. I kind of wondered how he would do. Uh, uh, you know, coming off of you know, um, no hardly any practice time, and yeah, I uh, I had the Seahawks plus the three and a half, and I was wrong on that one. Mm. Uh, I right. get you right. Colts at the Vikings here. The Vikings laying three and a half at home. Uh, Saturday football, Alex. We've got three Saturday football games. This is the uh, the first one. Vikings laying three and a half against the Colts. Got to go Vikings here, right? Absolutely, you do. I'm all over Vikings later three and a half here. Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, looks like uh, Huntley, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, back at quarterback here. Browns at home laying three against the Ravens. Yeah, Browns haven't looked too hot in the uh, two games of Deshaun Watson. Still that rust to work off and uh, the Bengals last week. Now Ravens this week. Ah, can you run on the Ravens, though? The Browns have a good rushing attack. You know what? I'll go Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore plus that three points. I think Ravens win this one outright. Uh, Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. This one should be a good mm. one, right? Uh, Buffalo laying seven. At home, uh, I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but uh, laying seven at home against the, the Finns. I believe they're calling for pretty substantial snow. We got lucky in Pittsburgh. It's just rain, but up north of I-80, it's been pretty snowy. So I think it's actually a big storm coming. Miami certainly struggled as of late. The question's about Tua and, and all that. I'm not as concerned as other people are. You know, I, I don't know Miami will win, but I think it'll be close. Uh, I'm going to go Miami at least covers. I'm going to go the other way. Bills blow them out. Lay to seven. (laughs) Falcons on the road against the Saints. Uh, And this is going to be Ritter time for the Falcons. Uh, Saints lane three and a half at home in the the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Three and a half against the Saints. Did you like Ritter coming out? Against the Falcons. Uh, I, I just, I, I had my concerns about him like, like, like the rest of them in this class. He was just kind of a, you know, uh, a, a mid kind of guy for me. You've been using that word mid a lot. You've been keeping up with the cool kids. Yeah, you? yeah. 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 How, how do you job. do fellow kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was there, I mean, there, the accuracy problems, I think yeah. overall is what, what, what got me with him. Yeah. I don't really know in this one, not a game I'll be watching. I can tell you that much. I'll lean the saints. 
I'll take the Saints lay the three and a half in this one as well, too, against Ritter. Uh, Jets at home against the Lions, a pick em game. And I think uh, 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 Wilson, Mr. Wilson is going to be back uh, because they, uh, I don't think White can get cleared for this one. Right. Yep. Robert Sala saying Zach Wilson will start. How is this pick on the Lions, man? They've been fun to watch. They've been getting better. It's been a little bumpy, but I'm going Detroit. I'll go with Detroit uh, on the road to uh, win this one in a picking game over the Jets as well. Good, good battle, though. Got the yeah. Jets defense has been good, and, and Ben Johnson, Lions offense have been uh, running it up. Uh, Chiefs on the road against the Texans. Uh, not a big spread here. Lang 14 on the road against Houston. Yeah. I mean, is it a sucker's bet? Maybe, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs to lay the 14 as well, too. I wish you'd differ up on some of these here. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia on the road against the Bears. Chase Claypool might not even play in this one uh, on the injury report with a knee issue. Uh, Eagles laying nine on the road against the Bears. That's a weird number, nine. It is. Two running quarterbacks, Justin Fields. How sustainable is it? That's a long-term question. Short-term. Uh, just too much talent. I'll go Who's Fields going to throw to? <laughs> uh, Mooney, I guess. Yeah, cool Komet. Not much. Uh, in, in Mooney hurt? Is Mooney? Oh, yeah, Mooney tore his ACL, didn't he? So, yeah, I literally don't know if I can name a Bears receiver right now. Right. That's why I say, who's he going to throw to? Yeah. I'll take the Eagles later nine. Is, okay. that what you, is that what you got? Yes, I'm with you still. Uh, Dallas on the road against the Jaguars. Dallas road favorites by four points. You know, Trevor Lawrence has played really well. People don't talk about that enough. He's really taken a good step forward in his second year. Dallas, they can be a frustrating team. I think I got Dallas right because I, I, they were playing Houston, right? And I said that it was going to be a closer game than people thought. I'll, I'll stick with that uh, and, and go with uh, Jacksonville. I'll go the other way. Uh, Dallas beats them by at least a touchdown or more. I'll lay the four points. Uh, let's see. Cardinals at Broncos, right? Uh, Broncos laying three at home against the Cardinals. So it's going to be Russell Wilson against Colt McCoy. <laughs> Yay. Uh, what's the over-under on that one? Four? <laughs> I mean, what is 37. Higher than I thought it would be. I don't know. Um, give me the Cardinals. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll take Denver later three at home, I guess, on this one. Not not, uh, not, not a lot of conviction there. Patriots on the road. They, in fact, I think the Patriots stayed out uh, out, out West Coast mm-hmm. this week uh, playing the Raiders. The Raiders are one-point home favorites in this one. Belichick versus McDaniels. Student versus master. I'm going Belichick. I'll go Raiders in this one. I think they got the better offense. I think they can pull this off. I'll take the Raiders at home. Lay the point here. Titans on the road against the Chargers. This should be a decent one. Chargers laying three at home against the Titans. You know, credit to Mike Rabel. I know this team's been you know a little up and down, but those that the Titans team fights really hard. Uh, the Chargers find ways to lose. Titans find ways to win. I'm going Tennessee. I'll take the Chargers. I'll lay the three points in this one. Bengals on the road against the Buccaneers. Bengals. Ooh, uh, three and a half point road favorites over the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Yeah, Tampa's offense just too frustrating against that Bengals attack. I know the Bucs have a decent defense, but give me Cincinnati. Boy, if the Buccaneers lose this and the Panthers beat the Steelers. <laughs> oh, world. Lord. Uh, I'll take the Bengals later three and a half on the road against the Buccaneers. The Giants on the road against the Commanders. Commanders four and a half point favorites at home against the Giants. I'm going to go Washington. I'm going to stay on the Washington train. 
I think the Giants work a few things out this week and get the win straight up. I'll take the Giants on the road plus the four and a half points here. That brings us to the Rams against the Packers. Packers seven point home favorites uh, at the on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field against the Rams. Uh God, who is yeah, Baker? What a what a game that was for him. I'll, I'm going to go one last time with the Packers. Yeah, you think I'd learned my lesson on this as well, too, but I haven't. I'll take the Packers at home, lay the seven points on this one. Uh, I think that's got us caught up back to the Steelers at the Panthers. Man, this this line is started off on Sunday night with the Steelers favored, and it, boy, did it flip. And now it's the Panthers laying three points at home against the Steelers. Yeah, uh, short answer here. I mean, I just think Pittsburgh's a better team overall. They're going to run the ball better on Carolina than, than they did against Baltimore. Um, you know, just like that Atlanta game, it's a similar feel overall. I don't know if it, the Panthers are even quite as good as Atlanta is when they're at their best. So short answer here, I got Pittsburgh winning this one, avoiding that first losing season for now, at least 23-16. I boil this down to, man, this is a game the Steelers should win. And regardless of who starts at quarterback, I just think that they should win this game. Now, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. In fact, I'd play the under over under 37 and a half. I would, de- I think the, the play here with this game, if you, if you're betting, it's going to be the under, I think, uh, 17, 16, we took a little trip. Is there, a, we took a little trip. Pitts, Pittsburgh Steelers win it 17, 16. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I would yeah. take the Steelers plus the three. I would take the, uh, the under on this one as well, too. I, I just think the Steelers should win this game and win and will win this game. I'm most, with you as well. Scoring. All right, Dave, running out of time here. Let's just get to maybe one or two reader emails. All right, let's do it here. Let me pull them up real quick and have uh, Joe Mendoza. Hi. Hello, David. Alex. Kelly Steeler Joe in the comment section of the site. Longtime listener. First time email. All right, Joe. Thank you for the great insights every week. Dave, I'm 52, so I get all the obtuse references you make that Alex doesn't get. So I got your back, brother. Uh, obviously, the Steelers, maybe Joe uh, will be with me and die hard not being a Christmas <laughs> movie. Uh, obviously, the Steelers have many needs. Uh, uh, among them is to show up the D-line going forward. You guys have talked about how spending high draft capital on a nose tackle on the draft is dicey given the Steelers use of sub packages so often he says I agree but that being said isn't it possible that they draft high at the position with the idea of letting that player slide to defensive end really defensive tackle win in nickel maybe they give up a little pass rush but gain some stoutness against the run is there something about what they look for uh, or ask a nose tackle to do that makes them uber specialized they've let that position rot over the years and have paid for it quite often lately what do you guys think they'll do yeah look I uh, true a, a true blue Casey Hampton, uh, 3-4, Oki, nose tackle, no. Uh, but in today's NFL, I think, and even the Steelers have, have, have kind of gone this way, you need that guy to be able to play the nose and then, in in you know, basically you need a guy that can stay on the field, I think. Yeah, somebody who can pass rush but also penetrate, get a field that's more one-gapping than two-gapping. It's a lot more aggressive than just uh, take on blocks with linebackers run free. So where do you find that? You know, I 
my first thought is I'd rather go with a veteran free agent as opposed to a draft pick, but you just kind of take it, you know, bit by bit. Is there a free agent? You know, if you can get one good, if not, then you look towards the draft. I don't want to say they let the position rot, you know, not resigning Hargrave. That was predicted, expected move overall. Um, don't know if that money would have worked if he would want to, you know, been in Pittsburgh in that more um, maybe limited role than what he has in Philadelphia. Really up until this year was probably the only time they made a mistake because they banked this year on Aluwalu returning to form and Adams playing well. Neither of those things have worked out. But up until this point, Aluwalu, for a short time, played really good football in a place of Javon Hargrave in the middle, moving in from end to nose tackle. So that wasn't a mistake. It just was banking on him with all the injuries to to get back to where he was. And that um, did not happen. I think you what you want in this draft is a guy that's more more aligned to be the Cam Hayward type. Uh, in the sense of? Of, of of less over the nose, more over the guard. Yeah, but you do need somebody to be over nose in your right. But, I mean, but but can you find a guy that can do both? I I get draft? that. It's harder to do that. It's usually more costly to do that. And I'd be okay with somebody who's just more of a true and blue zero one tech. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So you get get a guy that can be more of a DN defensive tackle. Why well, want a zero one tech? Somebody's playing over center. Right, but you're gonna need you're gonna need. A, we just talked about it. you're gonna need a lot of pieces on it. Yeah, you need well. both. Yeah, I'm saying is one piece is that, and a separate piece is. is but can, can, can't you get the plug? Can't you get that true zero one more in free agency? Sure, you could. That was my like I said, my first thought was you do that in free agency. But in terms of how do you address that? What what are you looking for in terms of a a, a nose tackle, someone in the middle? But I don't need do, to play would, end. You, but you do want that guy to have some versatility and not just be limited to the 12, 13, whatever snaps right over the nose. Yeah. Well, I think Pittsburgh's in base more than I think people think, but he doesn't have to play end for me. He has to be able to rush the passer probably a little bit, even if it is from that interior more position. I don't know. It, it just depends on the name. It's hard to talk about it. And well, uh, uh, let's boil this down. I you need more than just if you're going. To, let's and I'm talking about early first second round. Okay. Okay. You need more than just a guy that's that's uh, that's zero one. Sure, I'm not really envisioning a first round pick though on the, on that specific position nose tackle. Right. You're 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 thinking more along defensive tackle. Uh, you know, a guy that can that be D N D D. Tackle. Yeah, I'd be thinking like Ogan Joby replacement if right. you if, if you address that early. Right. Um, maybe unless it's a Jalen Carter where it's a really high level player. I, I guess, I guess what Joe's trying to say ask is can you find that guy that can that can stay on the field and be the nose and also kind of you know uh uh sub package. Yeah, you can. That's kind of the way they've most teams have shifted. There aren't a lot of just true rundown defense alignment in football anymore. Um, where do you do that? How do you do that? Those are more open ended type things. I'm guessing they're thinking this new kid Marshall may they 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 want to take a look at him at maybe potentially being a nose tackle. Yeah, I mean, and and we'll see what he can do. Um, but we had the same conversation about Montrevious Adams a year sure. ago. Came in, played well off the Saints practice squad. Doesn't go well in year number two. Now, Montre- uh, Montrevious Adams wasn't the uh, the athlete that, that this kid is, right? No, I mean, Marshall was, again, 9.99 RES. I mean, Adams has a good first step. He had burst. I'm not even sure what the problem with Adams is this year, to be honest. I can't really distill why he's struggling more, or maybe it's just the small sample size stuff kind of getting you 
what he did last year. Right, right. Anyway, right. but it'll uh, be addressed. It will be addressed here. Uh, thanks for the question, Joe. Uh, right back in. Uh, let's see here. Chuck Griffin. I think we hit this two days ago. Steelers offensive line free agency really realizing. Uh, Pat, yeah, we already hit that. So I think the really only that was the only new question that we had uh, overall in the last couple of days here. So perfect timing for that because we're running along. We can get out of here there. So uh, in the meantime, until Monday, we'll be back uh, recapping the Steelers game against the Panthers. You can follow me on Twitter at Steelers Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, go to SteelersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right, uh, up right navigation bar. Also, if you like an ad-free version of the site. Uh, look, uh, we got both. We're, we start and roll out the uh, Jonathan Hytra to rolling out the bowl previews here. A uh, couple of bowl games today. Uh, uh, Jonathan will be breaking these down every morning of players to watch uh, in these bowl games, guys that he knows, or at least we think, you know, are not, you know, declared and you know, skipping the bowl games. And so it takes a lot of research to do uh, with it, all this. So uh, hopefully you're reading these posts as they come out every morning. That should help uh, pre- prepare you for the bowl games of who to watch, who the students might be interested kind of players. So uh, please make sure to step by, stop by the site and, and, and read that great series that, that Jonathan's going to be uh, uh, starting as of today here. So uh, also, uh, if you like an ad-free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad-free button up right navigation the bar until monday as always thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with dave and alex